How'd She Do That? A podcast answering that question each episode. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of HSDT. I am so excited for you to listen to my conversation with Lucy Murkison. But before we dive in, I wanted to wish you all a very happy weekend. I hope you guys had a great weekend, a fantastic week ahead. Luke and I are currently in Colorado with my family. We are at our favorite place in the world. It's called Wind River Ranch. It's a dude ranch that we have been coming to for the last 23 years. How crazy is that? We're so happy to be here and we're enjoying the beauty of the mountains after a 16 plus hour road trip this weekend from California to Colorado. It's actually a really beautiful road trip. One we will do again this upcoming weekend, but you know what? We won't talk about that just yet. So if you're following me on Instagram at Emily Landers and you notice I'm not on my normal hiking trails, well, that's the inside scoop as to what we're up to and where we are. Well, you guys, as always, I love to share a quick thank you to all of you who are supporting HSDT through sharing your favorite episodes on your Instagram stories and tagging us, leaving us a five-star review on iTunes, or more recently, I have noticed a ton of tags on different accounts on Instagram when people ask for your favorite podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That is so fun to see. Also, I may regret this, but if you ever need a tag for a giveaway, why don't you throw out a How'd She Do That podcast tag, a little marketing endeavor that I mentioned. I may regret, but why not? The more, the merrier, okay? I also wanted to share a really quick thank you to Holly of By Holly on Instagram for your tag this week of our episode with Ginny at Tallwood Country House. Holly, you have been listening to HSD from the very beginning, and it means the world to me to be able to connect with you in this way. Thank you all so, so much. Well, today's guest, Lucy Murkison, is truly amazing. I shared last week that she was coming on an episode, and my DMs were flooded with how excited you all were, and many of you actually shared personal stories as to how Lucy has encouraged you through her brand and business, so that was really sweet to see. Lucy's thoughtfulness in all that she does is obvious, and her story of welcoming her daughter, Eleanor, into the world, creating her own business, inspiring other entrepreneurs, and continuing to grow her family with three more additions, spoiler alert, all boys, is going to be an encouragement to any of my listeners, regardless of your stage of life. We had an instant connection, and I truly cannot wait to meet and thank Lucy at some point as she is from my hometown of Dallas, Texas. I know that you all are going to love this conversation. Well, Without further ado, how about this? Here is Lucy Murkison on How'd She Do That? Today's guest, Lucy Murkison, is the founder of Love Lucy, a custom-made paper product brand based in Dallas, Texas. After exploring many different roles and creative outlets following her graduation from SMU, Lucy's original designs for invitations and paper products were such a hit amongst friends and acquaintances that Love Lucy was born in 2015. 
Now a popular lifestyle brand and business, Love Lucy focuses on details, excellent service, and Lucy's passions, which include people, organizing, paper, parties, and children's clothing. The brand and corresponding Instagram platform allows Lucy to not only share her products and design work, but also organizing tips, motherhood hacks, and much more. When Lucy isn't designing stationary, shooting a fun reel for Instagram, or sharing her faith, she is likely enjoying time with her darling family, which includes her husband and four children, a daughter and her three sons. Lucy, welcome to How'd She Do That? Emily, thank you so, so much. What a lovely introduction, and I am so thrilled to be here. Uh, Well, I am so happy to have you, and I love to give a little bit of insight whenever I welcome guests on as to how I was originally connected to them. And I mentioned this before we started recording, but a previous guest of mine, Elizabeth Ferris, she actually shared a highlight that you posted on Instagram, and I found it so informative and fun that I actually sent it to my twin sister, and thus began my love for Love Lucy. Well, thank you. I love Elizabeth and Butter, and I have so adored connecting with her on Instagram, and I do look forward to meeting her and you in person one day. I know. It's so fun and amazing to think that Instagram has connected so many women, so many of my guests, and then, of course, us today. I am just so excited to share your story, and I know that so many people listening are curious about the different pieces that have made Love Lucy everything that it is today. So I love to kind of dive in with guests, kind of start from the beginning. I'd love to hear a little bit about you. Perhaps tell us about what your season of life looked like in college and maybe even where you're from. Yes. Okay. Well, I grew up all over the United States. My dad is in the hotel business, and that really meant that we moved often. Um, we, I was born in Washington, D.C., and thankfully, we were able to move to some pretty wonderful cities. <laughs> and we settled in Dallas when I was in middle school. I attended an all-girls private school, and that really gave me the confidence to discover, one, to learn that I had a voice Mm. and discover who I was and how I was going to use my voice. Mm. And so I have always kind of been a planner and (laughs) really had an idea of what I wanted to do with my life at a pretty young age. So (laughs) I remember being in a class in high school, and it was an environmental science class. And I told my teacher that I had to work on my recycling so that I could limit my footprint (laughs) because I did plan on having five children one day. And I only have four, but I think that that was kind of the way my mind worked. I just was always looking ahead and thinking, okay, this is what I'd like. And I made that plan for myself. So when I was a sophomore in high school, I visited Wake Forest University in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and I decided, okay, this is where I'm going to go, wow. and and that was it. And I knew I wanted to pursue business, and a cousin of my dad's had told me, no, you really shouldn't pursue business. You need to pursue something that you love, 
and Mm. then the business will follow. And I did not listen to that advice because I was so certain that this was the right path for me. And I got to Wake Forest and really teed myself up for success as a business major. I met with the right people. I ran for student government. I (laughs) found opportunities for internships in town. I really hit the ground running. Hmm. And I think the best laid plans of mice and men, there was a turn of events that ended up being one of the best things that has ever happened to me in my life. (sighs) Um, In October, I ended up finding out that I was expecting a baby. Hmm. And my high school sweetheart and I um, were thrown into parenthood at a really young age. And we, I I just see, looking back now, I see the ways that God really was a part of this journey. And Hmm. um, we really entered a hard season, Hmm. but there was so much of God's grace and protection in the way the story unfolded. We went and met, Will, my husband, um, was at Wake Forest as well. We went and met with the Dean of Students and let him know that we were going to be transferring to move back to Dallas. And, And that was really hard. I think that that was the first time that I really had to say, wow, I, my dreams are not going to unfold the way I thought. Yeah. And at the time I thought that that was sort of end of story sort of deal. <laughs> like, right. Okay, Lord, this is not what I wanted. Um, right. But I was naive and not knowing that the way it was unfolding was so much greater mm. than what I had planned for myself. So we moved back to Dallas. We we're so thankful that we had connections through the University of Dallas um, because of where my husband had gone to school. They had done some credits there and we were able to transfer there pretty seamlessly. And we both received full scholarships, which was again, God's provision, God's perfect timing. It just wow. was an amazing opportunity. Uh, we welcomed Eleanor one week after fil- finishing our freshman finals Oh and, my goodness. And it just sort of became this whirlwind of, okay, we're doing this and we're going to do it with our whole hearts. Mm. So I think at this point, I was sort of still on the trajectory of I've got to do business. Um, but I was finding a lot of my business professors were not very compassionate to the fact that I was actually a mother before I was a student. And wow. I was feeling extremely defeated. And it kind of arrived at the point where I was going to drop out of school. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents said, um, no, <laughs> no, you're not going to drop out of school and that's not going to work. So what's plan B? And I explored different options, trying to figure out where I could find more joy in my education. Mm. And one of my mom's friends said, Lucy, go to the admissions office at SMU. I think that you might be a good fit there. And I I did. And I ended up going to SMU. And because of an incredible 
college counselor who advised me, she asked me what my passions were. And I told her a bit of my story and she connected me with cultural anthropology. And I took a cultural anthropology class with Nia Parsons and that really opened my eyes so much. I've always been passionate about people and connecting Mm -hmm. and I've always really wanted to understand people. And it just was so natural for me. Mm -hmm. It just really has served me so well in understanding the community that I'm coming across, but then also knowing how my voice my voice isn't always heard by other people in the way that I'm thinking it's intended. Wow. And and I think that that, you know, people are saying like, how did you use your college, your <laughs> major in college? And, and one could argue that cultural anthropology does not serve you, but I would argue against that and say, actually, in every single conversation and interaction, it is serving me in life. So right. I'm so thankful that that's where I landed. So I graduated uh, from SMU and wow. I, Eleanor was um, three at the time. So no, no, so she was four. Uh, and I, I really had always wanted to be a mom and loved being with her and growing and learning through her. Motherhood has been the greatest gift of my life. Uh, and I also learned that I really thrive when I have a creative outlet. Mm. Um, I thought at the time that I was going to open a my own line of children's clothing and really try to dive into that field as much as possible. Wow. I started hosting um, children's clothing lines just to familiarize myself with what people liked, what they were looking for, and what I might be able to offer. That sort of shifted though. I had reached out to Casey Hughes, who had a line of children's clothing that was originally Pears and Bears and then became under her name, Casey Hughes. And she was the mom of four, maybe Mm -hmm. five, but she responded to my email asking for any advice for somebody opening a children's line and said, let's talk on the phone. Oh. And she gave me her undivided a time and attention on the phone, answering every single one of my questions and was so gracious mm. and wise and ultimately talked me out of starting my own <laughs> line. Not intentionally. It was right. a blessing, but oh. I I didn't have the capital that I needed to start a line. And so I started exploring paper. And one of the ways that the clothing led to the paper was that I started to draw all of the ideas that I had for the clothing. And then I realized, okay, wow, these illustrations are actually something that I'm kind of good at. (laughs) And that then became ways that I connected with other brands because I started doing illustrations for clothing designers for children's lines who had these ideas in their heads, but could not put it on paper to show the manufacturers. Wow! And so they came to me and then I was able to say, yes, I know those styles and I could illustrate it for them. So that is how I tricked myself into learning how (laughs) I could draw. 
And then it sort of one thing led to the next. So yes, that was my dive in to learning how I, that I could illustrate. Oh my gosh, Lucy, this is so fun to hear. And for those of you who are listening and you guys are familiar with Lucy's illustrations, to know that that's how you got started. And and even to hear too, I love that you're sharing a little bit of, of a route and a trajectory that at one point you thought you may go down. And, and by the way, perhaps in the future, that could be something, but that clothing for children and then thinking, okay, hold on a second, connecting, networking with another woman who is in the industry. And like you said, not not meaning to be talked out of it, but maybe learning more and recognizing, okay, I don't know if this is quite what's for me, but then to recognize that illustrations are something that you can move forward with. I'm so curious to know what did it look like to transition from, you know, assisting these designers or or people who are thinking about actually a clothing piece to then moving your illustrations towards all kinds of other things? Yes. Okay. So I was spending more and more time doing it. Mm. And I think that what I arrived at was if I'm going to spend time doing this, I need to make it, I need to actually earn an income doing this. Yeah. And so I explored a couple of different things and ultimately decided that I wanted to have flexibility mm-hmm. because I wanted to put my family first and I needed to be my own boss. Mm. And so that, um, I was creatively frustrated and exploring different avenues. And I had a friend who was saying, Lucy, you have been designing the most magical invitations for my kids, for your kids. Why don't you explore paper? And I had had the opportunity to work during college at a stationery boutique called Anne Grace. And it's owned by Carrie Davis, who now co-owns Ellis Hill in Dallas. And it's an extremely high-end paper company. Mm. And through working for her, she really educated me on what made great invitations and what set those invitations apart. So basically, Mm. it was everything from paper quality to spacing to alignment to envelope liners, all of those details. And she really did hone in on the details. And so I have that background with paper, Hmm. but I wanted to be able to provide a product that was whimsical and could be something unique for my customers. And so Hmm. when people came to me with these First, it was friends, but then it became customers. But when they came to me with <laughs> ideas, like for example, Eleanor's fourth birthday party was a rainbow pony princess rodeo. Oh my gosh, I won an invitation and, to that. <laughs> yes. And how do you not just embrace that and love it and run with it? And so oh. I wanted to capture that magic oh. and make it a part of a paper product. Oh my gosh. So yes. So this friend basically said, Lucy, people would really be excited to support you. And she gave me the kick in the booty that I needed. And she ordered shipping boxes and told me to go for it. And Uh. so that's what I did. I just kind of went for it, not knowing exactly what it was going to become, Mm. but I just shared because I loved it. 
Mm. And really decided, okay, this is going to be a company, me sharing things from my heart. Hence the name Love Lucy. So, Oh, oh my gosh. And can we just pause and say thank you to that friend? What a great friend to say, Lucy, you're onto something. This is something that people are going to enjoy. And I think it's so important for those of you who are listening, and Lucy actually isn't even as of recently has been this voice in my life, but for people to be able to say, hey, what you're doing is important. And and even to the point of what you said earlier, you know, you wanted to make an income. If it's going to take up this much amount of time to design and to to think up these creative invitations, it's like, yeah, I got to figure this out. And and how can I do that? So for those of you who are listening, find that friend or you know what, better yet, be that friend, be that friend to somebody and then encourage your girlfriends in their giftings, which is exactly what this friend did for Lucy. Well, tell us a little bit about that beginning stage because you're sharing that you're going for it. What did going for it look like? Are you popping into shops in Dallas and sharing your designs or is this all online at this point? What did it look like to kind of begin to get the ball rolling? Yes. Well, honestly, it took me, I knew what a good invitation looked like, but I didn't know the manufacturing side of it. So I did a lot of cold calling. I'd pick up the phone and call a print shop and say, hi, I'm Lucy and I'm wondering what you can do. (laughs) (laughs) Here are things that I'm thinking of. Here are products that I would like to offer and how might we work together? And there was a lot of closed doors. A lot of people who just said no. Um, A lot of times they would come back with this ridiculous pricing that Mm. I then could not turn and resell. Yeah. So I ended up connecting with a printer who actually did a lot of printing of textbooks. And they had a certain time of the year where they were really, really busy. And it just so happened that the time where they were not busy was my busy time. Uh. And I just connected with them and kept visiting and kept exploring how that might be a good pairing. Mm. And every time I had an idea for a product that I'd like to offer, I would go to them first. And if they couldn't help me, he had many more resources than I did and he would point me in the right direction. So that was such a God thing. It just kind of fell into my lap and it never, I honestly thought I was going to go to them for marketing material and then it grew so much more. So I think that don't underestimate the Mm. value of picking up the phone and connecting with people because Mm. sometimes what you see on the surface for what different vendors offer is just truly the tip of the iceberg. You really don't know. And I think when you notch things up, take it another step. I think it's when you've gone a step more. And when people ask me, you know, I get, I'm contacted often by people who are wanting to start a paper company and they say, who do I use? Right. And I really think that one, connecting with people in your community, printers particularly, um, is so valuable because they One, when you're in a pickle and you need something turned really quickly, they're right there. You're not having to wait on shipping times. You're not paying shipping prices. And you have that face time. And Mm. that is something that in this day and age that we don't put as much value on, but it really is important. 
Well, and it takes out, it almost takes out the middleman of, you know, even waiting for a response via email. If you're not connected with your supplier and if you can't kind of pop in on them and you're twiddling your thumbs, you're like, when are they going to respond? It just makes for such a better relationship. And it's really cool. Even with, we're just kind of, you know, touching the surface at this point in, in regard to all that you've done in your career, but it's fun to know that really networking and this kind of community element is such a theme. And I love that encouragement of you guys pick up the phone, you know, don't fill out another info form on the website, pick up the, the, you know, pick up the phone and give them a call like Lucy did. And like you said, that's just the tip of the iceberg for what they can really do. Now, I'm so curious, Lucy, at this time, where are you sharing your products? Are these, are they online? Are you taking photos of them? What does that part of the business looks like at at this point in the story? Yes. So at this point, I have three kids and usually product photos are on a piece of scrapbook paper in the corner of our playroom next to a bright window while my kids (laughs) destroyed the room around me. And I was creating this sense of beauty and whimsical (laughs) backdrop while chaos was truly unfolding around me. And um, so, yes, I think that we get on on Instagram, we get this little glimpse of what we think we're seeing, but really the behind the scenes would be so funny. If every little photo on Instagram showed, okay, <laughs> right to see the behind the scenes, it would be, I think we would all get some good laughs. So, yes. That is, and I was sharing it on Etsy. Okay. And that's where I... It was really easy to open an Etsy shop and I honestly have I'm still using the Etsy platform mainly because I did not anticipate my business to grow at the juncture and at the speed that it did. Mm. And so I didn't have well, I never really had the time to put towards shifting it to a website because there wasn't ever a slowdown. It wow. just once it picked up pace, it really, it just kept going faster and faster. And so that I would say, maybe it's not a regret, but I think that's something that I've, I recognize now that sometimes the one thing I don't prefer about Etsy is that when somebody's search comes seeking your product, Mm. let's say they're seeking a ballet design they'll find yours. And then Etsy does something that suggests other products that you Mm, might like. And those products are then directing you to other people's stores. And so if you're creating traffic for your own shop, which I was able to do through my Instagram, then that traffic would sometimes go elsewhere based on not not even recognizing the fact that they were seeing somebody else's goods. Mm. So they were thinking that they were getting my product and then they were almost surprised that they hadn't in fact checked out with my shop. And so that was a really good learning thing. Um, And so if you're, especially if you are generating, and I could see in my Etsy stats, you know, if you're generating 95% of your traffic, then maybe it's the opportunity, a good time to be off of that platform. So again, Mm. it's a, incredible platform when you're starting off because it's just so easy to set it up. But 
that's one of the things that I learned. Well, and it's such a great takeaway and such a great reminder to those of us who are or have used that platform and thinking, okay, yeah, if you have an invitation that someone's coming to see yours and then there's similar options down below, that that's a great that's a great point in the business strategy. You don't want that. You want them coming back to your products and loving your products. So I love that point, Lucy. That's such a great point. Now I love to ask this question because, well, I'm curious and I know listeners will be too. But as we share and, and truly you guys, well, I'm going to give you a chance to connect with Lucy later on. Many of you are already familiar with her work and her amazing illustrations and pieces and, and designs. But I'm curious because we've talked about, gosh, this influx of of clients and customers and people really enjoying your shop. I want to know, was there a moment that you can recall that perhaps you looked at your husband or maybe you pulled up an order list or maybe it was a specific order that you thought, okay, I'm I'm really on to something here. I, I think this is going to work. <laughs> Well, so I've always loved Valentine's and oh. and my husband doesn't. And so <laughs> I think that was something where my husband just didn't really get it. He is so wonderful and loving, but Valentine's he was like, Lucy, this is a Hallmark holiday. And, and, <laughs> and I said, Well, I think there's never enough days in the year to tell people you love them. And <laughs> I am going to live up this day as much as I can. So, so sweet. Valentine's became something that I really celebrated with Love Lucy, mm. just truly for the sense of sharing with people that I loved, that I loved them. Oh. And it really resonated with the Love Lucy customers. Mm. And um, there was a year that I posted these new Valentine's designs. And I had so much fun creating them and they were playful. You know, they were just more casual. There's more opportunity to really be witty and kind of have a punchline, just have fun with it. So that's, I did. And I really ran with those and we, I put them up in my shop, not really knowing how they were going to go. And within hours, we had thousands of orders. And so I think that that Valentine's Day was that point where I said, okay, I, I think Love Lucy has become something more than I what I realized. And and so yes, that was and I honestly don't really know what year that was as I look back, but mm. this was somewhere between I started in 2015. So this was probably 2017 that it really that I really looked looked up and said, Mm. wow, we're on to something here. And so, yes, that was, that was a fantastic turning point for lovely seat. And really, I think what I also found at that point was people were seeing these Valentines and they were tagging their friends and driving new traffic to my page. And I think as you grow your business, the Valentines were at a price point that many more people were able to to afford. And mm. so somebody who isn't necessarily going to spend hundreds of dollars on a children's invitation could easily spend $15 buying, and I offered them in a digital format, but mm. Valentines, $15 Valentines for their child. And they were excited because 
there were people who had started to follow me and really loved the Love Lucy products. And this was a way for those people who were following me and enjoyed my products to really get to have the product and do their own thing with it. I think that there's this idea that you have to be a Pinterest mom. Mm. And I am so not a Pinterest mom. <laughs> I I think that Pinterest is super inspiring, but it also can be very an unrealistic bar. Mm. And so these Valentines would give these moms ideas and it was a way that they could create and be excited and do something fun for their children. But I showed them an avenue where it was so attainable for them. Mm. It wasn't something that was not achievable. It wasn't this flat picture. Mm. It was very three-dimensional and fun, and they could run with it how they'd seen it, or they could put their own flair. So that was something that I really, the Valentines really have been such a neat thing for me for Love Lucy. Oh, well, it's really interesting because I'm hearing everything that you're saying and I'm thinking about all of your designs, but I'm also thinking about what fun it has been to follow you and get to know you really on Instagram, as I know many of my listeners have. And everything you just said about sharing you know, an attainable route of celebration and specifically through the Valentines. But but what I'm connecting the dots over here, and I'm really, really excited to hear your thoughts, is you do that in so many different ways at this point. So for those of you who follow Lucy, you know that she can assist you in cleaning out a closet or cleaning something up, or perhaps it's, a, you know, let's grab some flowers and put in an arrangement. I mean, at this point, you've really stepped into so many different creative entities that encourage women to, to think creatively about how they can, you know, organize or, or whatnot. My question here is when did that kind of, when did you open things up to be like, okay, I guess I won't just share my paper products. It seems that people may want to know a little bit more, or I can encourage them in different ways. Was that a natural thing? What did that kind of shift? Because I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, it seems there was a little bit of a shift for that to be the case. Yes. Well, that's a good question. Um, I, I think that one of the times I was encouraged to share more of the behind the scenes is when somebody messaged me and said, where do you buy your clip art for all of these? They're so, they're so much fun. Mm. And I messaged her and said, well, actually, they're my illustrations. I'm doing this. And I right. realized that the images that I was showing wasn't necessarily showing the life behind the product. Uh. And so that was a, a awakening for me to say, okay, I need to show that I'm doing this, right? that I'm not going out and buying these. And I think that that was one of the turning points of setting myself apart where these illustrations were created by hand. Mm. Um, and so I think giving those glimpses and People really appreciate knowing that there's a person behind the product. Right. And I that can be a very vulnerable thing, but it's also really good. A lot of the brands we all know and love, you have a person to identify with. Mm. And that showing myself, my hand, my flaws, my faith, my family really became a, a way for people to connect to me on a different level. Mm. And so 
it was really showing the illustrations and showing that that gave me a little bit that dipping my toes in that gave gave me the confidence to share more of my life. Mm-hmm. And so that person, ironically, who <laughs> <laughs> was trying to buy my clip art, gave me the confidence <laughs> to then say, okay, I need to show them who Lucy is. And showing who Lucy was has become really more and more what Love Lucy has become about. Um, mm. I, in October of 2018, mm-hmm. I was at that point of, you know, the hockey stick analogy with businesses where Mm. all of a sudden, all the hours, all the time that you've put into something really are kicking up. And Mm. we were, Love Lucy was growing and I was reaching new audiences and it was, I was getting to see the fruit of my labor, but at Mm. the same time, on a personal level, things were hard for my family. And Mm. I had to step back and ask myself, okay, so if I'm going to take this step into really running with it and scaling Love Lucy, am I going to be able to best serve my family and my customers? And I realized that I wasn't. Mm. I, um, And that was a really hard emotional thing because in so many ways, I loved what I was doing for Love Lucy. But then I was, there was also, you know, there's a large chunk that you love, but then there's also a large chunk that's very exhausting, very time consuming. And right. in order to scale it, I was going to have to put a, a lot of time towards things that I didn't necessarily enjoy. Wow. And I was going to have to do that for a period of time. And God has an amazing sense of humor, but as these <laughs> opportunities came into my lap, which really were, was amazing, I also found out that I was expecting my fourth baby. Oh, my and, goodness. And it was such ironic timing, honestly, because I had prayed for another baby for oh. four years and brought it up to my husband literally every single day since we left the hospital. <laughs> And in October of 2018, I said, okay, Lord, this is not your will. Hmm. This is not what you have in store for my family. And I am going to put the energy that I would have put towards this baby into growing Love Lucy. Wow. And and that I truly was, I think it was the surrender that God said, I know the plans I have for you, Lucy, and you don't. And so... (laughs) So yes. And so as I I was thinking, okay, I'm going to put this energy in. He shut that door. He didn't give me, I, he gave me the, another amazing gift. It wasn't the gift or the timing that I expected, but it was his grace because I had the opportunity then to step back and say, you know what? I don't have the bandwidth right now to pour into growing my business. Mm. I can't keep it where it is right now because there's not enough of me to go around. So you either scale it, but then you get to that tipping point where it's not financially viable to keep it where it is. And, and so I had to say, okay, I'm going to close the doors for a little bit and and pour into my family. And that really was, 
it was okay. It was really hard, but mm. it was okay. And honestly, that gave me the ability to step back and say, all right, I'm putting all this time and energy into this business. What do I want it to look like? Wow. What do I want my days to look like? And who? what's my voice? And what am I providing with my customer? Providing to my customer, sorry. Yeah. And so, um, yes, that was definitely sweet Henry turned our <laughs> world upside down in the best possible way. And he really, that that just forced me to jump out of the river. I don't know if you've ever read the book, The Best Yes by Lisa Turkhurst. No, I haven't yet. But she, she's, and I've read a couple of her books, but she has this analogy in her book about jumping into the river and to take the time before you jump in to really evaluate the end of the river, where it's going, because wow. once you're in the river, it's hard to change course. So that is what I had found, that there were so many parts about Love Lucy that I didn't necessarily love, mm. but I couldn't change the course because I was already in the river. Mm. And so having Henry gave me the ability to step out of the river for a while to evaluate before I step back in. Wow. Oh my gosh. I I actually, I got chills while you were talking just then, just thinking about the timing of all of this. And you said, I think it was when you said, I, you know, God saying, I know the plans, you don't. I, I love that takeaway. And it's so true and such an encouragement for anyone who's listening for you to be diving in and thinking, okay, I'm full steam ahead. And then here comes Henry, which by the way, you guys, you need to go and see little Henry because he's basically the cutest kid ever. He's so cute. But to think about the, this timeline and to think, wow, okay, yeah, you were about to be head down and and let's push forward. What did it look like to, I guess, jump back in? I mean, was your original thought always to come back at some point? And how has that been for you? Yes. You know, honestly, it's been, when you reached out to me, I thought to myself, okay, wow, how am I supposed to tell people how I've gotten to this point when I'm not quite sure what I'm doing right now? Wow. And in that, I think that we see something on one snippet yeah. and we think that everyone else has it figured out. I don't feel like I've arrived anywhere. I'm just doing the best I can and putting one foot in front of the other. Mm. I just have to, it is so hard sometimes to be yourself, mm. but it's so much harder to try to be someone else. Mm. And so I am just trying to be the Lucy that I am and use the voice that is the unique voice that God's given me and just share, share from the heart. And so mm. that's what I'm doing. I'm sharing all the things in life that give me joy yeah. and, and hopefully people come across it and are excited and encouraged to try some new things and maybe learn something in the process. Uh, and you know what? They will. They totally will. I've done it. I know many others have. And it's so fun. I'm sitting here thinking about your business name, thinking Love Lucy. And all I can think to say back is, we love Lucy. I love your heart behind what you're sharing. And I love to you guys, it's really fun for Lucy to be able to share that little insight into, you know what? When I reached out to her, I said, I want you to come on the podcast. I got to hear, how have you done this uh, through just the original introduction from Elizabeth and, and even others since then? And for Lucy to be like, 
well, I don't know what I'm going to say. And so many of us, you know, we do, we look at people either online or, uh, and often it is online or, or on someone's website or whatnot. And you think, well, well, they've arrived, they've got it all together. But I love what Lucy's sharing every step along the way you've pivoted, you have uh, overcome, you've found different routes that were best for you and your family. And I know that that's going to be a huge encouragement for anyone, for anyone listening, for new moms, for uh, newly married, for young women, for, for those of you who are empty nesters or perhaps in the same season of life as Lucy. What an encouragement today to be able to hear that and to be able to think of the journey you've been on. Well, I cannot let you go without asking this question, and I give a fair warning, it's it's kind of loaded, <laughs> but after all you've shared, I know listeners are going to want to hear. Lucy, could you perhaps share with us what is the greatest lesson you have learned? Yes. Um, you, I think that in my life, I've hit some really hard road bumps, mm. and I think that it is important to realize those road bumps can become a part of your story, but they're not going to necessarily define who you are. Mm. And I think that, um, for example, I never in my life dreamed that I would be a teen mom. Mm. And I think that that is a title that carries a lot of shame. Mm. And um, I mean, people say some really ugly things when you're a teen mom. And Mm. I think that I don't know if there's a teen mom out there that's listening to this. At one point, you are not going to be a teen mom anymore. Wow. And so um, keep your chin up. Um, and God has called you to this season of your life and to this amazing calling for a purpose. And so don't forget that. I think that we, everyone has a story and you have your story for a reason and be bold in sharing it. There is mm. no shame in those challenges. Just Take a step forward and know that that is an opportunity and that pain is something you can grow with and feel even bolder in your calling in life. Truly. I mean, just, I, it is not who you are. It is a part of your journey. Mm. So don't let that just be discouragement. It's so good. And again, for those of you who are listening, maybe there is something in your life that you've let define you, like it's the ultimate definition of who you are. And just double check, is that a roadblock? Is that a road bump that you've actually placed as the number one thing about you? Because Lucy would encourage you and I would encourage you that that's not the case. There's a lot more ahead for you. So just just a, an amazing check right there for all of yeah. us. Sometimes sometimes we have homework on this episode and, and maybe that's it. And two, for those of you who are listening, you know, Lucy's story is so encouraging and perhaps someone comes to mind that you may want to share this with. Why don't you do so? Because I know that many people will be encouraged. Well, Lucy, I know that you always have something exciting coming up, something around the corner, something with your family, whatever it might by, might be. What is next for you? Well, I am in the middle of planning Sweet Henry's second birthday. And so, again, it's sort of getting to dip my toes into some of the past and creating fun things. So, Sweet Henry loves the book, Goodnight Gorilla. And so, to make that book come to life for him, so that's something that I'm working on planning. And I'm excited to 
share it on Love Lucy soon. So yes. Oh my gosh. Well, that is probably the best answer I could think of. How sweet and how fun. Lucy, is there anything we didn't cover today that you'd like to? Okay. Let me think. One, I think that there is so much you can see on the internet that you can say, Mm. I can do that. And then you look at what you're seeing and think you have to recreate it just how it is. Mm. I think take the inspiration that you see on Instagram and then ask yourself not the question of how do I recreate that exactly, but what about that inspires me? Mm. What about that could I borrow? And then how can I make it my own? How can I apply the beauty of that to give it my own voice? And I think whether that's something you're designing or maybe a project that you're working on in your home, but we see flat images. And I know I said this previously in the podcast, but we see these flat images. Those flat images do not show the little handprints that are going to come and be a part of it. Mm. The the child that's going to pick up those impeccably beautiful coffee table books and flip through the pages, give room for life and give room for Mm. mishaps and all those things because life is so much more beautiful and layered than Instagram. I Uh often equate Instagram with the empty tombs you see Mm. and they're beautiful and lovely on the outside, but then you don't necessarily see what's below. So Mm. don't forget that. Life is beautiful. And so live it, be inspired by it, but don't be limited, you know, be inspired by what you see on Instagram, but don't let that create this false sense of what you need to attain. Mm. Okay. There's times in conversations like this, and I'm going to do it now that I just say, you know what, guys, pause and rewind. (laughs) I have nothing to add. So beautifully said, Lucy, pause and rewind. You guys, that's a great lesson for anyone to hear. And I'm so grateful that you would share. Well, it's so amazing to think about all of the different steps throughout your career and throughout Love Lucy that you've connected with women throughout this podcast. You mentioned so many women who have encouraged you, who you've connected with and that you've worked with. And it's a theme that we love to talk about here at How'd She Do That? I'd love to ask you, who do you know that should maybe come on and share their How'd She Do That story? Yes. When you asked me this question, two women immediately came to mind. The first is Christina Lynch, and she founded Meagle and Drina. And she is the most beautiful person, both inside and out, and has done such amazing things with Meagle and Drina that I would love to hear more of her story. And I would love for your followers to hear more too. Fantastic. Yes. And the second person is Marky Hutchinson, and Marky founded the Buford Bonnet Company, and she founded it when William was a baby, and it was so neat. She was selling ex- pretty much exclusively accessories at the time for babies, and yet oh. she brought so much life into these accessories that it became this lifestyle around these bonnets, and it was amazing to watch unfold. And now I think they just celebrated a birthday. Um, I would 
love to hear more about her story too, because she's, she is incredible. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for both of those recommendations. I'm actually, you guys, this is a a little inside scoop. And thank you, Lucy, for mentioning this. Christina, we have recorded. And so she'll be joining me shortly. And you all will have to be on the lookout for a potential episode with Marquis as well. Well, Lucy, I have been teasing this. And I know many of my listeners have already found you on Instagram. I'm sure you guys are checking out all that Lucy does and shares. And I know you're going to be in encouraged. But Lucy, how about you tell us where can listeners connect with you? Yes. Well, I am shop love Lucy on Instagram <laughs> and I am always the person behind the the message responses. Sometimes I'm a little slower, but that usually means life is happening at full speed <laughs> behind the scenes. But I love responding to questions. People always seem to apologize when they reach out to me and ask me questions. But you all, I love questions. I'm, and I often receive questions and they make me realize, oh, that's something I should share about. Or oh. So it keeps my wheels turning, keeps things fresh. So please reach out. And also you can contact me at shoplovelucy at gmail.com. And I would love to connect. Mm. It really is a joy of mine. So yes. Oh. Well, Lucy, this has been such an encouraging and fun conversation, you guys. Lucy has been such an amazing voice and encouragement in my life, and I know she has done the same for you today. So, Lucy, thank you again for joining me on today's episode. Wonderful. Emily, it has been such a pleasure, and I I admire you so much. Your podcast has become my ironing activity. I put in my earbuds and work away. And honestly, I look up and I've just absorbed this amazing wisdom from incredible females and from you. Mm. And I look at the pile of ironing that I've made my way through and thought, yes. So it is twofold. It is such an incredible distraction. And I walk away from each one feeling so encouraged. Mm. So thank you for what you're doing as well. Well, you are the best. And you guys, we can't wait to hear what you think of today's episode. We can't wait to hear from you. And perhaps let us know, what are you doing? Are you ironing? Are you on a walk? Let us know. Be sure to tag us. We can't wait to hear from you all. Well, thank you again. And we will talk soon. Thank you all for listening to today's episode of How'd She Do That? I am Emily Landers. You can follow me on Instagram at Emily Landers and the podcast at How'd She Do That Podcast. We hope you'll join us next week for a new episode. Talk to you soon.